All right, welcome back to the More Than Different Podcasts. Probably wondering where C-Mac is if you're watching on the YouTube. If you're listening, you're not going to hear any of C-Mac. He is out in Greece with his visiting his girlfriend who's abroad. Shout out to Katie. So C-Mac's living his best life. Well-deserved break. He has been grinding on his job. He's been grinding on the brand. Kid deserves a break. So with that being said, we got a guest again. And the guest is none other than Mike Lochnane, a great friend of mine. Max Preps and the Boston Globe MIA Player of the Year. Not this past year, but the year prior. He's currently at Phillips Exeter doing a post-grad year. And is a Davidson Wildcats commit. As you can see, I got my Davidson jersey on. What better day to wear my Davidson Steph Curry jersey than to have Mike Lochnane on the More Than Different podcast. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I love listening. I knew I wanted to be a guest at some point. Yeah, yeah we, we, we knew we wanted to make this happen. And uh, yeah, I kind of see C-Mac being out of, out of commission this week. I said, ah, oh, I, I need a heavy hitter to hold the fort down to make up for for C-Mac absence and uh, Mike, you're a heavy hitter. So it's good to have you on the pod. Um, for reference, those who listened to our episode last week with Coach Giordano, Mike was my teammate for Middlesex Magic for two years. We played for Coach G and Coach Crotty of Middlesex Magic. Mike is one of the other players who has one of the best relationships with Coach Giordano. So we're staying in the circle, but we got a lot to touch on. Um, so I'm excited, Mike. It's good to see you. How is uh, how's the year been at prep school? So you, so you graduate BC High last year. You know you're going to Davidson. You committed. When did you commit? July first. July first. Right when July. Yeah. So you're so you're you're entering this new year. You you're doing basically a, a prep. What's what called a prep year? It's obviously super common. In New England, it's kind of become the model doing a, a fifth year, whether it's you repeat at some point in the middle of your high school career and transfer or you do the postgrad. You did the postgrad. How has this year been for you? Right. Yeah. It's been good. I knew I was going to PG in probably like April of last year. I kind of held out on it. Like you said, a lot of guys do five years in New England. You did the five years at Nobles. Yeah. a little differently than I did, but same idea. And so I knew I was going to do it early on. And I had two friends here who also magic teammates of us, Dom and Josh, shout yeah. out to Josh who's committed. Um, and so I had an idea of what it was going to be. And it's been great. Honestly, you know, me and you have talked about this before, but prep school is a different world. Oh my God. You step into a completely different sphere of the world when you step into prep school. You sure do especially at a place like Nobles where you were Phillips Exeter where I am like it's a it's a completely different environment than you're yeah. used to oh my and God. so getting that experience before I go to college is I think a good thing absolutely so much and you can speak to the same thing you learn a ton about people oh my god do you ever I think the and I'm so glad I did the the public school route for a few years and you obviously did the full four uh, you're BC high. So you're an all boys school. So that's its own atmosphere. Um, yeah. different. So that's completely different. And then, yeah, you go, I went to nobles did three years there. I know obviously you're at Phillips Exeter, but yeah, immediately it hits you. It, it is noticeably and palpably different uh, right when you arrive. I think the challenge and, and it, it really circles and i know you and i we talked I, I really struggled when i got here to emerson too this fall and you were really struggling at phillips exeter we were talking on the phone and um i think the challenge is you become quick to assume a lot about people especially at a school like that it's like okay what are you doing here um they just the reality is they just come a lot of people from those schools just come from a different upbringing and their view of the world and, and how they've experienced it up to that point is different. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think early on, it is very normal to assume a lot about people, but it, it circles back to a big part of 
more than different and, and seeing more in yourself and seeing more in others. I think as I went along in the, in the uh, my time at Nobles, and I think you can speak to this too, you start to see that people ain't as bad as you think they would be. And, and there's a lot of good people and there's a lot of good in everyone. You just have to be willing to look for it. And here's the thing. If you look for the bad, you're going to find it. Yeah. You look for the good. You're going to find, find it. Exactly. Yeah. That that's the thing. I had to just look at it differently. Like you said, early on, we both weren't exactly pleased with our situations. No. The schools were, we were, had some things to complain about. We're getting to a new place. It was tough, but we were looking for the bad really. If now that we can look back at it with the, you know, the review of it, we were really kind of looking for the bad. Oh, and when you yeah. Zoom. that mindset, it changes the whole thing. I now have made friends up here that I'm going to be friends with forever. If you ask me in September, if I do that, God, no, I'll get to June and never talk to these kids again. Right. But you look for the good, you find it. You do. You do. It really is an outlook thing. And I learned that fast being here, I guess a little bit slow, but with time, you really start to say, okay, if I just shift my outlook and, and start looking for the bad and stop magnifying or looking for the good and stop magnifying the bad, it makes all the world's difference. And, and the reality of wherever you go to college, wherever you go to high school, whether you transfer, whatever it is, nothing is, no place is perfect. No yeah. place is perfect. There are always going to be uh, trade-offs and compromises uh, to wherever you go. But if you if you hone in on the negatives, then that's going to warp your experience and it's going to negatively affect it. So I'm glad that, that you've settled in there. I know I've spoken about how by the end of my time at Nobles, I loved it. And for a lot of this year, I've missed it. And um, it's crazy to think about that because when I first arrived at Nobles, it was like, Oh God, who like, I don't belong here. And, and, you know, just a whole yeah, lot that's of the feeling you have too. Like you don't like we're from Quincy and Arlington, which are not bad places, but they're not exactly the typical nobles and Exeter right. reading ground. And so you feel like I don't belong, but if you meet the right people, they make you feel like you belong. Yeah. You the, people. the people and make the place exactly 100 percent. and i think what i've noticed is this place has some of the best people that i've met like really impressive like athletes students actors like the the level of intelligence and talent here is off the charts and it's cool to be around and i wasn't looking for that early on right like i was like for like, would I be friends with these kids at BC High? Probably not. Okay. That's a completely different but environment. Everyone at BC High is just like me. Right. Here, I, you know, there's not as many people like me, but I got to meet some extraordinary people. So it's been great, like adjusting. Yeah. No, you, you have to separate your past or other environments. You can't compare because if you do that, it's like nothing is going to be the same. You know, the, this right. play, this world is full of differences. And differences are great and you got to uh, embrace those and look for the good in them because everyone has them. Um, but if you're just looking for the the carbon copy in terms of people or a place, you're not going to find it. And, and if you're have, if you're not adaptable, you're going to be fucked in life. <laughs> so let's steer towards Davidson college. So you had a whole lot of places you could have gone you're getting recruited quite a bit. You even, you committed right before July, which is kind of the, the hottest period for AAU basketball. So your, your recruitment theoretically could have still taken off um, and it likely would have, but what drew you to Davidson? Yeah, it's a couple of things. I remember you told me this story where you were talking to, I don't know who, but you're saying like a place I could see him fit with a postgrad year is Davidson. Yeah. And you had said that like a year ago. Oh uh, yeah. Like fully before. And I think the fit was pretty clear to me too. Like play style wise, some ocean offense, a lot of moving, cutting guys who know how to play really similar to the magic. Yeah. Like the way we did. It's all cutting decisions, guys who know how to play. 
and then academically it's great school like that was also key like i wasn't gonna you know cut myself short academically to go to the highest basketball whereas i got i was able to get the best of both i think in my mind and like when we would we were talking a lot at that time and i think i probably said to you i said it to a bunch of people like davidson offered me on monday i'd commit on tuesday it was i kind of had made up my mind before they even offered me like that was a place where i really wanted to be and so it was a super easy decision to commit even before july it's it has obviously a level of i feel like everyone associates it with and rightfully so steph like the, that is pretty surreal that like steph curry went there and yeah. uh obviously i got the jersey on right here um but certainly an amazing school it's pretty small isn't it yeah right around 2000 wow oh my god wow so like much that's like half my school not yeah. even yeah in my school feels small yeah that's nope. crazy wow that, so that's gonna be great um yeah so so you know you go from and i just went through this and, and you always go through it with different teams you're a part of is what i suppose individually we'll focus individually here is is you have to redefine success and so you had your senior year at bc high was probably the greatest mia season individually that anyone's ever seen you went what was the team 25 and 0 you finished 25 25 and 0 state champion all kinds of crazy numbers you put up obviously the engine of that whole team and the best player in the state indisputably um and now you go you you play with magic and you now phillips exeter obviously a different team and now you're going to college which is a different beast and there's no doubt you're beyond ready for it, but to you, how in your mind are you adjusting your measurement of success? Because obviously scoring 25 and taking eight threes isn't going to be what it is right away. No doubt it'll get to that point, but how to you, have you started thinking about that as you're nearing uh, your arrival? So my dad, when I was working out from freshman year on, was would always say to me, you got to work out trying to get to the level of a college player. The focus was always kind of driving towards getting to college and getting to the level I wanted to. So when I was playing, it was, I was fully committed to team success. But in the back of your mind, I was always thinking, like, I need to play well. I need to play right. well in front of this coach so I can get this film to him so that he sees this, you know, it's always kind of driving, even when we're at the live peers, it's all about playing well in front of coaches. Yeah, hundred percent. And when you play well, you help the team win. So obviously that's still the most important part, but there's an individual element that I think is bigger at that point, especially when you're in front of coaches trying to prove yourself. Oh, absolutely. But I think in college, I've now gotten to that point where I'm, I'm a college player. I know I'm a college player. And so I need to now just focus on the team. And it's now all about winning. Love that. And that doesn't now mean I'm not going to worry about my individual skills or getting better. I need to get better so I can help the team win. But when I'm on the court, it's just about the team. I'm not going to remember in 30 years if I had 25 points against yeah. or whatever. I'm going to remember that we beat a certain team. We got a huge win. We got to the NCAA tournament. And it's a com it's not a complete change that winning is still the main thing. Yeah. But it's no, not it, it is. was the main thing before. It's the only thing now. I love that. Hey, that's a very mature outlook, uh, well beyond your years. And I know I've told you this story where my uh head coach at Emerson, Coach Curley, his head coach at bc when he played at bc jim o'brien came and spoke to us this year and and he said just that and i think i told you this is like 20 years from now when you're with your teammates and, and you have these bonds that, that last well beyond the playing years when you guys look back and reflect you don't remember 
oh, yo, you remember that game where you had 30? Oh, you had 25, but we didn't win. No, no, you say, oh, we remember when we got that big road win against, you know, St. Bonaventures. Remember when we got that big road win against, you know, for us, WPI, Babson. It's like, that's what you remember. And that's that team element. And the, the fact that you're already so bought in is uh, is impressive and, and is going to serve you well, I think what was really resonated with me and still does. And, and I try to uh, apply it with, with our brand and what we do. And we talk about appreciate, celebrate, elevate, celebrate, you know, celebrating the success of others. And when you do that, it naturally comes back to you. Coach Crotty, our AAU coach always said that is want success for your teammates more than yourself. Right. And to me that, that's one of the myriad reasons why he's one of the best coaches in the country and clearly no secret why you're one of you know his favorite players because because you're so bought into that right yeah that's why i think the magic ran so well we're not necessarily five high major players in the starting lineup no no i've mid major players to high major players off the bench on any magic team and we're playing teams that are like that and just take them now because we're so bought into doesn't matter who makes the shot doesn't matter who makes the big play but it's the little things that lead up to it and like you said coach Crotty was so good at getting that message to us Be he was success for your teammates more than yourself and, and it's that, real yeah it so is and you realize it once you're done we're like that's why we all get to the spots we want to get yeah to. like if any of us on the team were all about ourselves worrying about oh i played bad in front of this coach no we're happy because teammate a played well in front of the coach he wanted to play in front yeah and so it, it just helps everybody because now does. you know down the line, everybody's thinking that they're helping you the same way and he, he was so good at getting that message to us he was it's, you know you have those moments those epiphanies where a few years down the line you even remember it and you're like wow that was that's profound and that you almost don't realize how important that is, especially when you're on teams where that isn't the main thing where guys aren't wanting success for others or like it, it really just, it liberates you too. like gets rid of all this envy or, or this concern about yourself, like in life too, well beyond basketball. I think that's, what's so special about sports and, and playing basketball at a high level is it is like a microcosm of, of life in so many ways. And I think success for your teammates and getting rid of any envy or concern about what will happen for you. Like you, you really do have to want success for, for those around you more than yourself. And naturally yours is going to come and, and, and the celebration you get when people are happy for you, that feels so good. Others. percent. So I know I just mentioned a core value of, of MTD, we say, appreciate, celebrate, elevate. What are the core values for you and your life and your approach, how you try to maximize yourself? Like what are uh, different things that are in your head that allow you to uh, drive your actions and your decision-making day-to-day? Right. I think one of them is just compete. Like that's been a core value my entire life is just, you have to be competing and just to compete in everything. And that doesn't mean, you know, putting other people down and trying to beat them necessarily, but it's trying to compete with yourself every day. Yeah. Like made 70 out of hundred shots yesterday. I want to make 71 today. And it's just never just laying down really, you know, on the last sprint, you know, you could go easy not give it your all, but just like competing that last step. And in life, generally, that ties into everything. It does. That's the one that I think is at the top for me. And, you know, you can speak to it. When you're in sports, you have to always be competing because you know yeah. other people. Even in the off season, when you're not playing any games, you're competing against everyone you're going to play against the next year because you know they're working. You yep. know you have to. So that for me would be top of the list just always be competing that's a good question 
Yeah, and then just, you know, it's kind of cliche, but giving the response to others that you'd want for yourself when good yeah. things happen. That's huge. Huge. I mean, you know, you play a bad game, but your boy gets an offer, celebrate him. Because you know what? If you got an offer and he played a bad game, you wouldn't want him to sulk. Yeah. So just kind of giving the energy that you want to get back. Oh, it goes such a long way in everything. Like, uh, you know, your boy gets in, your boy starts dating his, this girlfriend, this girl he's had a crush on for a while. And like, you don't, you, you want a girlfriend, but you can't get one. And, and you're just, you're kind of butthurt about it. Like, dude, be happy for your boy. Celebrate. Like, yeah. Celebrate the kid. Right. Like, it, it goes such a long way. It really does. And, and it attracts more people to you and, and support is, is a great thing to have. All right, we need to wipe away the response we got last week from our guest on this upcoming question. So I'm expecting something good out of you. I just want to make this abundantly clear. When I ask someone what their best habit is, quality is not a habit, okay? Coach Giordano, who was incredible on last week's podcast, absolutely check it out. He said his best habit is his work ethic. Okay, what what do you what do you put your work ethic into? That would more so be a habit. So and then he followed up with his his his, uh, his worst habit is that he he works too hard. <laughs> so um, God, I love him, but not not the response I was looking for. But that's neither here nor there. Now, Mike, what are your best habits? And I want to hear. Fire them off, and give me some of your worst habits. Best habits, sleep. My sleep habits are great. I go to bed at 11.30 and I wake up at 8.30 every single day. That's not a weekend. Friday, Saturday, I get myself some wiggle room. Yeah. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm on that schedule. And it helps so much. Like I feel so energized through the day that it helps me with everything else. So I'd say that's honestly at the top of the list, habits-wise, just the sleep habits. And I'd say specific to basketball and just athletic, athletically trying to get better would be tracking. I tend to track pretty much everything I do. That's a habit wow, I've really. That's a great one. Tracking my shots, tracking weights and weight room, times, anything like that. And that has helped me just, you know, continue this way. It's not straight. It's bumpy, but you yeah, see. But, it, but it's, a, yeah, it's ascension. It's going up. Exactly. It allows you to see trends. And when I'm like, do I want to go to the gym today? Yeah, I've seen great improvement when I'm consistently in the gym. When I'm not, I see it flatline. Right, right. It's simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got to be able to rely on your habits. I'm the same way when I – journaling has become an integral part of, of my day and just kind of making sure my, my head's screwed on right and, and my mind yes. is clear and I kind of understand how I'm feeling. And when I miss a day, which seldom happens, but when it happens – I'm always like, I feel just discombobulated and, and I can always kind of be like, well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do the thing that makes me feel in a good space, just clear mind and, and tranquil. So that's a good one. Any other ones? Yeah. Planning my day. I pretty, I plan my day, you know, not hour by hour, but I plan my day pretty much to a T the night before. Wow. Like I know I this free period. I know I'm going to go to the gym this free period. I know I'm going to lift at this time. I know I'm going to go back and shoot at this time. I have to do this then, homework here. It just allows me to fit so much into my day because there's no time that I'm wasting. And it's really just planning it out for me. Yeah. It changed. Like I had this free time before I was planning. It's not like I wouldn't have the motivation to go. It's just I didn't say to myself the night before, all right, I'm going then. And it just almost makes you accountable to that plan. Yeah. And when you don't do it, you feel bad about you it. You feel bad, absolutely. Like, yeah. you're bad, you're like I, why did I skip that lift? Why didn't I do it? Yeah. You have a plan, you feel it when you don't do it. I like that. You're your own accountability department. Right. And so what are some bad ones? Some bad ones. I have a crazy sweet tooth. Yeah. Jesus binge eating chocolate that's my worst habit like bar none like easter i go all out yeah, i can't that's, eat. 
that's solvable. Yeah, I, it's my worst habit by far. Like, you put a cake in front of me. Do you want a piece? Yeah, I want a piece. Yeah, it's going down the gut. It's going down. <laughs> I can't say no to that. Uh, all right. Give me your best habit, BMAC. My best habit. My best habit. Ooh, my best habit. Um, I think my best one might be my my journaling. Honestly, I have a bunch that I would probably group in the same level of uh, effectiveness for my for my day to day. I think journaling is a really helpful one. I've talked about it before, but it really has allowed me to not only feel more in control of myself and my emotions but also like you said in a different kind of way it tracks your progress i have about six journals i've gone through in the last year and i haven't gone back and read them yet i think at some point i will when i'm ready because some of the yeah. stuff i don't really want to go back to but it is a testament of growth or or maybe not growth and maybe you're trending in the wrong direction. But uh, for me, I, I can confidently say that I think since I've started journaling, I've, I've been moving in the right direction in terms of figuring out who I am and, and just feeling confident and certain about myself and the direction I'm going in. So I'd say that one, I play chess. I play at least 10 games of chess a day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'm on chess.com frequently. Um, I do the Rubik's Cube at least five times a day. Keeps me sharp. Uh, cold shower. Cold shower every day. It's a good one. I start. I implemented that uh, about a month ago. It's hard, but I'm, I'm finally to the point where I can just get right in there. I don't need to go hot to cold. I just, you know, you just got to get over those first, I don't know, 20 seconds maybe. That's tough. I can't do that. Yeah, I've you tried. can. You can. You can. I promise you can. It it's uncomfortable you, as hell. Hey, you can't do your can't. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I. You're right. Yeah. So, and then some bad habits. I think the biggest one I'm trying to shake is just my phone time, man. Like, yeah. There's obviously things that the phone is good for. I like listening to music, or I have to be on social media to try to be active on the more than different stuff but naturally it turns into just scroll fest and a bunch of yeah. bullshit and wasted time and and nothing is worse than getting that sunday screen time notification your weekly number and you're just like what the Where? fuck was i doing so i'm so conscious of it i need to break it in terms of uh how i rely on falling asleep i'm always on the phone kind of until the point of exhaustion and then i just turn it off and go to bed but i i want to just be able to put it away at a time is that what you do when you go to bed at like 11 30 are you just putting the phone down that's what the sleep schedules help me with wow I, yeah that's really good and i try and put it far enough so that i don't see the notifications come through yeah wow notifications like oh i'll check it one more time and then you're scrolling on tiktok five minutes later like you have to put it far away from you the do. bed. Oh, yeah, it's a uh, the phone is just a killer. Um, let's move in a different direction here. And and I've talked about this with Colin. We've talked about it is when you're an athlete your whole life and you grow a pretty big following, you're very well known, especially in Massachusetts, but well beyond and soon to be countrywide, certainly at your school, and then you know, you you keep You'll get on the big stage and you'll perform, but does the label in the the association with Mike Lochnane being, oh, he's he's a basketball player, our Division One basketball player. Do you like that, or does it there is there a part of you that says, mm, people don't really know me, they just think I'm that. I don't mind it. To be honest, like I love basketball. It's yeah. my favorite thing to do my time. And so if people can know me for doing something that I love, I think that's pretty good. There's worse things to be known for. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a great point right there. 
Right. Is there more to me? Absolutely. But that's not something everyone needs to see. Like yeah. my friends, you see it. You know, the people I'm close with see it. And those are the only people I want to see it, realistically. You know, it, you don't want everyone to know your whole life. I don't think no. anyone does. Far from. And so if people can know about me for what I think is one of the best parts of me doing something that I love, I can live with it. You know, and yeah. You know, certain people would be bothered by that. You know, people don't know me. They just think I'm a basketball player. I'm okay with that. Cause no one's gonna really who I don't know dive into trying to find out what type of person I am. I'm just not that big a deal. You know, you have yeah. to be at the upper yeah, yeah, for people. Yeah. Dive in, right. You know. And so I'm okay with people knowing me for just that. Yeah. Or at least they know me at all for something good. Yeah, I, I, I really like the part of this being known for doing something you love. Yeah, yeah. like that's what it's down to. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what you want. You would rather be known for that. There, there are worse things to be known for. I <clears throat> so so that I guess that question's more the outside perception. What yeah. is your self perception? Do you really think of yourself as same way i'm i'm a college i'm a basketball player i'm an athlete and then i have some other interests maybe but like or do you think of yourself in a more complex and multi-dimensional way yeah i definitely don't think of myself as just a basketball player i think oh, anyone who yeah, do i know you don't gonna get burned out for sure like if that's all you think about all day it's just hard to do consistently but I think myself is just a, you know, a kid who likes to have fun with his friends, play basketball. You know, it's really simple to me. Like, I just think of myself as someone who people like to talk to, who happens to be good at basketball and does that. I, I don't really like to think about my personal view of myself too much anyway. So I don't want to overthink it, you know, and start trying to be someone I'm not. And it's easy to kind of just let it flow and not really think about that too much. What, how do you feel about that? Because you, from the outside perspective, are just the diverse person interest-wise generally. Like, oh, we have MTD, basketball. And so no one thinks of you as just a basketball kid. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, yeah, it's important to me. I think, uh, yeah. you know, to be honest, you have to grow to realize and I've grown to realize that like it's two things. One, you really got to not give too many fucks what people think on the outside 100%. because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Secondly, you're <clears throat> for me, the, the more important part was just shifting my perception of myself and seeing more and who I could be and what I have to offer and how I can be the best version of myself, maximize who I am for so long. It was the basketball player and I transferred to nobles that felt like a basketball decision. And it was yeah. like, I caught, like, I'm not ignorant to say, Oh, I went there from like, no, if I didn't play basketball and want to play at the college level, I wouldn't have transferred out of Arlington. So yes, yeah. but it felt like a basketball move and, and going there helped me see more of myself. It forced me to see more of myself, quite frankly. And right. I think it, as long as it's your own view, I think having a, a healthy and um, non-complacent view of yourself in terms of exploring what you might be interested in, uh, trying to find more knowledge, learning more stuff, applying it to your life, always trying to learn, being curious, and a eagerness to learn and whatever it is you're doing uh, to me became really important in myself. And naturally it's given me uh, a, a greater view of who I am, some, some added elements, but I know, cause I know that people who don't know me, like I, I fit the part of just like, Oh, he's just an athlete or probably full of himself, just a jock whatever the fuck right. they want to say. And 
and that doesn't really affect me anymore you got to find the people that that really matter and and support you and want the best for you want to see you elevate and keep those people around and not really worry too much about the others right yeah you put it perfectly some of my best friends now have said to me like i thought you were going to be a dickhead yeah because exactly. had seen the outside view of me as you know this good basketball player he looks cocky posts videos of himself playing basketball i must be a dick but i'm just not thinking of that image when i'm interacting with them i'm not right. thinking about how will they perceive me and i just come off as an you know not a dickhead as a guy they want to be friends with precisely and so just not trying to be someone i'm not Bingo. that's the key yeah beyond the, this is all this rounds into like what more than difference being authentic and when you when you look for this is why i say that self-perception of yourself when you look for more in yourself naturally how you interact with people you're gonna not be so quick to write people off you'll see more in others or be willing to see more in others and if you don't like you don't lie with people you don't lie with people like you don't have to like everyone in this world and there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to want to be around everyone in this world you don't have to accept everyone in this world but you gotta be willing to look for more in people and give people a chance until you give some a chance and and are willing to let people be their authentic selves and and not look at it with a judgmental view then you don't really know someone yeah and pulling it back to the being at a new school thing i cannot tell you the amount of kids here that early on in the year i was like oh, i don't really like him i don't i don't think i like him that i'm now very close friends with i i can think of like three in my head right now yeah yeah i hadn't finally realized i need to give these people a chance i would still have this view of them or i don't think i'd like them and i'd have one less friend and so having that you know ability to not judge before you really get to know someone is huge especially mm. when you plug yourself into new places like in this stage of our lives we're being plugged into new situations all the time if we're not able to have that view of people and give them a chance i mean you're just going to be stuck with the same thoughts, not going to grow. You're not going to meet new people. And so having that adaptability is huge. Huge. The best, best ability is adaptability. I got one more question I want to ask, and then we can get into some, some quick hitters, but for you, what, what does success look like to Mike Lochnane and, five years so you're or we can say you know let's say four years so end of your college career in terms of where you're at and who you want to be four years from now what does success look like now it could you define success for yourself it's basketball but maybe it's beyond one just right out the gate a degree because that means that i didn't mess up in any serious way that I wouldn't have finished. So just that to begin with. Just what are you career. studying? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Economics. My brother did that. He's, you know, successful, did well, enjoyed it. And I have kind of an interest in that. So that'd be probably the leading leader in the clubhouse right now, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but beyond that, I just feel like to to have a fully successful college career, I want to play in an NCAA tournament game. Yeah, got it. And you, there's nothing like it. When the recruitment process started, my dad told me, he said, go somewhere where you could play in an NCAA tournament. Because he, he played at Northeastern for Jim Calhoun, actually, and he, he wasn't able to. And he said, I regret nothing more than not playing an NCAA tournament. He wouldn't have changed anything. He loved his time. But he said he go somewhere where that's a possibility and so i just feel like i i need to need to play in one and so yeah got to it's like like you think about it when you were a freshman on that thursday 
you were in class sneaking March Madness live. You think about <laughs> millions of kids now doing that to watch you. To watch you. Oh, I know. Every The whole world stops. And it's like all right. games are on. And like you oh. to be the, the main thing. The right. center of like, attention people, for that moment. Oh. And people will be tapping their friends like, oh, I know him playing yeah. in that game. That, that's special. that's special that's special that's simply put special i was this i feel the same way like i want and i don't do it for that reason but to have those moments in your life where yeah people are saying oh i shit i went to high school with him or i was on his team back in the day or oh wow i didn't think he'd traject to be who he is like oh i want that bad it it's a special feeling yeah there's no scale bigger than the tournament where you can get that and right. if you win a tournament you pull an upset you break a few people's bracket that's special stuff oh and so to feel fully and that like we talked about earlier goes right hand in hand with winning because that's the only thing in college basketball it's all about winning like winning keeps coaches in their jobs yeah it keeps programs successful and it Frankly, it makes money for schools. It's all about winning. And so playing the tournament would be the end of a lot of work put into winning, showing that we won. You know, you have to win a conference tournament. If you don't win the conference tournament, you have to win a lot of regular season games against some good teams. You have to do a yeah. lot of winning to get there. And so that that's top of the list. That's special, I think. And yeah. You know, it would be full circle with my college basketball career because right at the beginning of the recruitment process, I got like my first phone call and I was like, look, this is starting. I'm telling you, remember this. And so that would be such a full circle thing for me if I, if I were able to do that. And luckily I'm at a place where it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Beyond attainable. Right. Expected, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you got to expect it. You got four shots at it. You, I would, ex- uh, I might expect more than one. Got to get Davidson back on the winning train. Um, I think one of the best things about basketball is, I mean, it's hard. It makes you uncomfortable. It can shoot your ego down, but it always humbles you. Always, no matter how good you think you are. You you can go to the park and be like so much better than anyone, and you feel that, and you got your chest pumped up, yeah. and then you go play with a different crowd, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait I'm a minute, I, I I'm not what I thought I was. So for you, and as you enter college, and and I've felt this in so many ways, like through my high school career, guys start to emerge, they get better, bigger, play AAU, all, all of it is where does your confidence come from? I mean, how do you maintain it? Yeah, it's the easy answer. It's just preparation, honestly. Like when you miss a day of shooting, you whether you really think about it or not, you're not as confident in your shot the next day. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably not going to hit as many shots as I would if I shot yesterday. And it really comes from that. And over time, the confidence comes from surpassing people who aren't working as hard. Like when you're in the eighth grade and you look around and there's these kids that are bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, better than you right now. You're like, oh shit, these guys are good. But then sophomore year, you're now better than them. And you can point directly to the work you were doing and say, why? Yeah. That brings confidence. That does bring a whole lot that next group of people that's still better than me by senior year, I do the same thing. Yeah. I'm going to hunt them down. Right. It's the same thing. Like I heard Kobe was telling, it was like the king of preparation. Oh yeah. He was telling a story. He was like, I looked at the top hundred in my high school class in a magazine and I circled the names of the people in my area. And when I got better than them or when I outplayed them, I crossed them off. Wow. And he said, eventually he just crossed everyone off (laughs) because obviously because he's cold like yeah i mean that how is it how can you not be confident when you know what you're doing to prepare is just clearly making you better than you were yeah and so it just comes down to that you just have to prepare 
correctly. And over time, you see that that trajectory. It's hard to not be confident. I agree. And and for you, when you're hit with a setback or a you know you get humbled or or like are are you super i know you're very routine oriented is that something you rely on or are you constantly looking for different ways to maybe adjust your routine if that's what's going to help you know take you to the next level or, or whatever the case may be continue to elevate yourself or are you at this point so confident in your routine and what it does regardless of the highs and lows that you always just lean on that. I'm always looking for ways to adjust and get better. Cause if, if I was doing the same thing now that I was doing in my sophomore year, I would not. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And so it's just always looking for ways to adjust. Like I'll, I'll say this, my freshman year, I shot 38% from three, which wasn't bad. Like I was a good shooter, but in practice, when I was working out all spot shots, I wasn't moving. It was just catch, shoot, catch, shoot, no movement involved. And then that summer I realized like I need to start being able to shoot on the move because next year I'm going to have the ball in my hands more. I'm going to be running off screens more, all this stuff. And so I just add in these movement things, adjusting my routine. And I'm now doing the same amount of spots out shots as I am movement shots. And my percentage went up like 10%. I was like 48 that next year. And it's just little things like that, that I try and find in my routine where I know I'm not getting enough of this. I'm doing too much of that. And finding those little things to adjust have been where I see the jumps. Like, you know, you're making progress to kind of flatline adjustment. Adjust. Yeah, you got it. It goes back. Got to be able to adapt, adapt and adjust. Absolutely. If you're not doing that, you're just not going to get better yeah, at the I rate that you'll just become a, you'll be the same player. You'll be a slightly better version of the same player. But if you want to make those jumps, you need to make adjustments. No doubt. All right. Let's get into our final section here. We got a few, a few questions I want to ask. Let's go quick hitters. You know, the same kind of thing. We asked coach G quick hitter. Who's going to win the NBA finals. It turned into a, 10 that was a 10 minute conversation. conversation maybe rightfully so but those are yeah that was good yeah it was good but let's go right into who's coming out of the east who's coming out of the west you can give me a brief pitch on why east is the box wow i think Giannis is probably the best player in the world chris milton's coming back drew holiday just does everything you need to do i think they're just and they've done it before they have all the confidence in the world i'm sure you win a championship you can have that you know they have a great guy pat Connaughton. our guy uh, from arlington baby magic guy arlington guy so i think them for sure out of the east and then out of the west staff warriors i think all their guys are coming back i think wiggins will be back yeah he's he back i mean steve kerr's never not coached them to the finals when he's been in the playoffs yeah that's nuts it's nuts I, I just don't see them not getting there with fully loaded, fully healthy. I don't, and you know, I have to wrap my boy. Your like boy. Yeah. That's literally your boy now. Yeah. I'm a big <laughs> step fan. I want, I got the Warriors coming out of the West as well. I got a yeah. finals rematch. I got the C's coming out of the East, but it's going to be a war. I'm, I'm fired up. It's the best time, best yeah. time of year. It's like, and there's a playoff game every day for the next three months or two months there's so many storylines i feel like yeah so many oh my god the nba is so second great. Round, that'd be awesome oh, that's yeah, a great but... rivalry but that's the great matchup there yeah i that's know always... you yeah. get the who the, who the suns play in the first round this year suns clippers yeah oh my god there's a bunch of wars that are going to be happening it's going to be yeah basketball is just the greatest nothing better Nothing better, nothing at all. Um, this will be a slight pitch for our own podcast, but what are a few things you've taken? I know you've listened to a lot of our episodes. What are a few things you've taken with you? That's good. One of them that we've talked about a lot already today is just 
recognizing the differences and appreciating the differences of other people. It, it's in the name more than different, obviously, but you know, the message of what the brand is, is elevating yourself, seeing and appreciating differences in other people and in yourself and in yourself. Absolutely. Right. And using those to elevate and learn and get better. And I mean, that's clear in every podcast I've said it. That's one of the threads that ties together the whole brand. And so yeah. that for sure. And then on top of that, I'd say the journaling. I've journaled more because of you. Hey, like, Mike, there we go. Mind. And I completely notice all of those benefits from it. If I were, yeah, those two have been something I've taken directly from more than different podcasts all right that's good to hear good to hear if i were to find you in a bookstore what section would i find you in i don't want to copy coach g but it's a good answer the self-help yeah yeah it is a great answer that, that's probably what i would yeah. say too i got a million books right here that are all yeah. basically but hey you are kind of a history junk mm -hmm. I am. No, you're absolutely right. And you know what? If I were in a bookstore, I'm probably in the history section. You're probably finding me reading the Dwight Eisenhower biography. Honestly. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, oh, like, I... I love history. It's because the thing with history is you can see so many parallels to right now. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. You can predict the future if you know history. Yeah, that's the most important subject they teach in school. I've always thought that. You're right. If you were to find me in a bookstore, I'm in the history section. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, I. The more you know about history, it's it's necessary knowledge to have, and and it is. You really start to draw parallels to now, and and then predict. You just see patterns. And I think that is, that's what's so important about having some knowledge and erudition about what has transpired in the past and, and whatever it is, because otherwise you're just oblivious. No, you don't want to be oblivious. You got, you got to always be feeding the mind, feeding the mind information. That's one of the many reasons why you and I are so close. I think you're one of the people I talk to who I, I always can, when I'm talking to you, I feel like I'm learning more stuff getting a different perspective you have so much knowledge on so many things so those are the kind of people you want around oh, yeah. or you need in your life you need some of them at least. you need people like that you do i'm gonna end the pod with i'm gonna ask you your favorite quote but i already know what your favorite quote is so i'm just gonna go along and say the whole thing out because it'll leave people with something to real think about and I feel the yeah. same way because this quote is special. We talk about the man in the arena and <clears throat> I'll round it back out to your story is you've, you're about to enter a new chapter heading to Davidson. And I think what makes it so special and you know, I, I know, but you know, more than anyone is, is how much has gone into it and all the work that goes into it and, and people on the outside we'll never quite know all that goes into chasing a dream and attaining it. Yeah. And so it is only the man in the arena who knows what happens. So let's, let's just run through this once. This is your favorite quote. Is it not Mike? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who ears, who, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who knows at the worst, if he fails, 
at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So good. So good, Mike. You could pick out literally any line. Any line. I'd say my, my favorite line. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. 100%. Takes courage, man. Takes courage. That's a lot. You have to, you have to go through hard times to get to good times. You do. Oh my God. Yeah. Gets to those really good times. He's gone through hard times. And his face is marred with dust and sweat because you just got to keep pushing. And, yeah. th- and that that section of it, that's what that means to me. That you just have to keep pushing. You know, you get knocked down, you get back up. That's so good. My, my favorite piece would be, and if you could read it, just to remind me the exact words, it's what he knows at the best, what he knows at the worst. Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails, while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That, people, that's people that. watching from the sideline, man. Exactly. Like, even say, just using you know, Davidson, if we lose in the A10 championship, Right, like we're still better than ninety percent of teams in the world basketball. Yeah, like you get to that high, like you know, at least you failed daring greatly. At least you can go to bed knowing you pushed it to the limit. You know, and if it works out, that's great too. If you're pushing for those high, high achievements, yeah, and that 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 those few lines give me like chills. They chills. just make me want to out right now yeah like that that's what it's about like if you're gonna fail fail going for it fail going for it and don't worry about the people who were too scared to try yeah don't worry about the critic who never did anything yeah because he's talking about you for a reason he's talking about you because you did something yeah and he envies you for trying and uh you'll be at peace if you dare greatly you'll be at peace and peace to me is is more important and more attainable than happiness. Happiness is such a fickle thing, but yeah. if you can feel peace in, in your life and your decisions, that is lasting. Right. And we both know MTD is going to flourish and turn into yeah, what you I want. hope so, Mike. I hope so. But in the world where it doesn't, you're not going to wish that you listened to the people who told you to stop. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be at peace that you went for it. And you'd regret it more if you had listened to those people. Because then you then you wouldn't know. What if it did work out? Yeah. You never know. You got to give it a shot. Yeah. You can't live in a world of regret, man. Nothing worse than regret. Well, exactly. Mike, incredible having you on. No doubt we'll be having you back on. You know, you know we should book it right now. When you are... Though you might be a little too popular at that point, but when you're uh you're too popular. Ah, yeah, I'm only kidding. When you are at the NCAA tournament in whether it be a year, two years, a few years down the line, you're leading up to the week, we'll get you back on the pod so we can interview you from the setting and we'll have all the receipts of the goal that you set out to get. And that's one of the main reasons you are heading off to Davidson and your ambition, like we say, more than different, and your uh, desire to maximize who you are is going to serve you well, both there and, and well beyond, my brother. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, Mike, you know I always got you, and uh, I appreciate you being a, a listener, one of the one of the listeners we got on the pod, consistent, and then that goes a long way. It makes uh, want to want to do it more, and that's why we had to have you on. And I have no doubt this will get a whole lot of listens. So. Uh, subscribe to the pod uh as we're available on all platforms and yeah let's keep this thing rolling mike thanks for coming on like i said and i will see you soon let's get a workout in 
when are you done with school a month or so yeah more work please oh yeah more work please shout out to coach g and good stuff mike well take care i will uh i'll talk to you soon absolutely all right brother yes sir